0: Two of them. <laughs> Isn't that cute? We got them. According to the Daily Beast, two high-profile ISIS targets killed in the U.S. drone strike after the Kabul bombing—they were planners. Must be like event planners. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I'm—I can't be more excited. We took out the ISIS version of Frank from Father of the Bride. Down he went, posted right across the Daily Beast, make you pay, right? We will hunt you down, said President Biden and his teleprompter. What does he do? Rest easy, parents, family, wives, sons, daughters of our fallen service members, 13 in total. We took out their event planners. Boom, America, wow, holy shit. That is our response. And these two planners, right? I mean, the, the two guys, I can just imagine their version of an event planner. Excuse me, Ahmed. Ahmed, remember, we have a stoning at two followed by a wedding. This one's a goat. We have to be early. I mean, for God's sake, planners, I've, we, we've been striking ISIS, Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, you name it, for two decades And I've never heard somebody have the balls less than 24 hours later to say they were able to hit the people that planned the event that soon. Like they had them on a list. Yet these two high profile, I mean high profile, these are big names, like deck of cards names, right? Like ace of spades and the jack of clubs. We got them. The planners, the calendar carriers, the guys behind the events, they must be very difficult to book well they're dead now we don't know who they are we don't have a name not one not two. First, it was one now it's two there's pictures of a blown up golf cart i mean it's actually pretty intact where the hell are these pictures from am i supposed to believe that these pictures from some raz- random desert near what looks like adobe buildings isn't just somewhere near mesa arizona or out in yakaipa It could easily be. There's no defining aspect in those pictures that it's even anywhere in Afghanistan, the Middle East, or anywhere ISIS is known to be. And we have no names. But we know they're planners. I mean, this is is fiction. I'm living fiction. Because there's a certain standard. Even with Barack Obama, by now, somebody would have resigned. I, I never thought... I would ever be saying anything good about Barry. But I have to. He, he would do better. We're at that point. I think Hillary would do better. I think Barack would be sitting there and be going like, guys, we're going to, we're going to, that's what, that's our press release. We're going to tell them we killed a couple of their planners. Okay, who were they? I mean, right? Trump bagged some pretty big names. So did Bush. I got Osama. I got the big one, even though Joe didn't want me to, right? That's known. Biden didn't want him to do it. Amazing. And now the guy who didn't want his boss to take out Osama bin Laden, who wanted to keep the SEALs back, is supposedly the one who's going to pull the trigger and green light the bad guys. And what do we get? 24 hours later, the parents, the loved ones of our fallen U.S. service people, men and women alike. I've been reading all the stories. It's devastating. They look like children, and this is what they get: two planners. And there's no way now anyone's going to believe any names. This is ridiculous. I'm I am worried. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I resist it. I don't like it. I didn't even like talking about the Twenty Fifth Amendment yesterday with Kamala, but it was weird that she came back. And we ha- it has to it has to be addressed. And now I have to ask: Did they kill anybody? I'm sure they ordered a drone strike. That's right out of the Obama playbook. I think he still has the leading score. I think if you doubled what Trump did in four years, you don't touch what Obama did in his two terms. So they love them some drone strikes, right? Low risk, precise, surgical. You can say you went right after those guys. Minimal collateral damage. I think they whiffed. I don't think they killed anybody. And if they don't release a name soon, The propaganda machine of ISIS is going to get out in front of this and troll us even more. And guess what? There is imminent, absolute imminent danger right now, per the president, per the people talking to him, probably in his earpiece, that in the next 24 to 48 hours, there will be another attack at the airport in Kabul. I have two friends there, reservists, that were not supposed to be there this long, that are luckily in a supporting role and well behind the perimeter but what's next? Are they going to go with another suicide bomber or are we talking artillery type attacks, rockets and mortars? Because they've known to do that. They've been known to do that. And they can certainly get close enough with the terrible security we have at the perimeter. The security provided by the Taliban. That's right, folks, the Taliban, your new government contractors hired to take care of our people in the Middle East. For God's sakes, remember all the uproar about the contractors we used to use? Was it Blackwater and they freak out? All of them are ex-special ops, making some good money, but doing the job. No, no, no. That's inappropriate. That's wrong. That's something Dick Cheney would do. The nuanced academic left works with the local people. Even if they've beheaded Americans before, even if they've trained Al-Qaeda, it's different. Joe Biden is restoring dignity. So now we have the Taliban taking care of our people. And what is it, Jen? Pisaki, a relationship built on trust, but we don't trust him. Amazing. That's, that's just, that's incredible. And so I, no, I don't normally do a Saturday show, but I couldn't get past the thought of Franck from Father of the Bride. And uh, I, I, I'm going to work in sound clips because I love him. I love movies. And all I can think of is someone like Franck. I mean, what did he do? I mean, he's, he's more of an event planner, this guy that we took out supposedly. He's worried about not only weddings and a lot of them, based on what I'm hearing in Afghanistan, but all the other things that your jihadi, mujahideen has to manage, especially, I'm assuming the leadership. This guy's probably working for the top if he's high profile. And I'm just sitting there. I was sitting outside and I can't, I can't believe they used the word planner. I just, wedding planner, event planner, I, I just, they, they keep stepping on themselves. And at the same time, so in parallel to this disaster, Louisiana, I'm watching this live map here. I forgot to tell you, it's it's Saturday, August 28th, year of our Lord, 2021. It's about five, almost 530 Pacific time. So central time in Louisiana, um, it, the hurricane's getting big. It's gaining strength. Now, it, it almost always is like this, right? I mean, the the climate change, global warming, carbon emission, you know, you can't eat beef because it's killing the earth crowd is, I mean, they get lathered up about a hurricane gaining strength off the Gulf, which they certainly can and do. Right now, if I'm looking at the map right, Somewhere between Morgan City and New Orleans, this bad boy is going to land Sunday. They're saying Sunday it's going to have 130 mile per hour winds and a Category 4. This is Katrina, right? I mean, remember, Ray Nagin was the mayor who's went down in a blaze of glory under a corruption scandals and all sorts of Ray Nagin shit. And his female... Drone reincarnated self is now the mayor because this is a dark neon blue city. They can't help themselves. And this idiot's out there doing a press conference telling people, we can't get you out. Really, it's too late. I mean, the hurricane's out in the Gulf, right? It's out there. This was yesterday. It's basically like, suck it up, stay home. Um, hope those levees have been fixed. I hope there's been some reinvestment. I hope the corruption down in Old Orleans hasn't been as out of control as it used to be because we got a real problem. This is scary shit. And guess who's running the show? Grandpa Houseplant. Is he going to try to lead? I think he did a press conference today. I didn't care. I didn't want to hear what he read about the hurricane. This is the guy that's bringing FEMA in. And he was referring to FEMA the other day when he was talking about Afghanistan. Well, FEMA can't do everything. This is FEMA's wheelhouse. They certainly should be prepared. This hurricane has been forming, and they can predict for days in advance, right? When it's barely a tropical storm, pretty good idea where it's going to be. And New Orleans has always been in just about every predictive path. So they should be ready. And if you're there, you're crazy. I can't help you. Holy crap. I, I, you know, I'm not going to be like, the COVID crowd and or the COVID vaccine crowd, the leftists who celebrate anybody dying who didn't get vaccinated. I'm not going to be like, I told you so. I, I hope everyone's okay. But if this plays out and hits the coast as a category Four, 130 mile per hour plus winds, people are going to die. And it's going to be a lot. And the response is going to be an interesting thing to watch because the press is going to be desperate for Joe Biden to put on that flight jacket and pull a Barack Obama. Remember, the hurricane that hit New Jersey, New York, and Chris Christie grabbing knee pads for Barack Obama just days, like two days before the 2012 election up against Mitt Romney. Romney was ahead. Romney had a good shot of winning. That hurricane that hit the East Coast was an act of Satan because it put Barack Obama back in the White House. I mean, the economy sucked. His approvals were barely where you want him to be as an incumbent, and Chris Christie went out there, Mr. Bitter Chris, right? Pillsbury himself, (laughs) hits the scene and tells everybody that the president has been wonderful and showers him with kisses, to quote Dick Morris, and That was it. That was enough to get the moderates to go, hmm, okay, he's a nice guy. Let's give him another chance. I felt great about voting for the first black president the first time. I'm going to be just as smart now. And that's how they vote. And Christie helped push them over the edge. They had great turnout. You can't tell me me Joe Biden got great turnout in his election. Come on, 81 million people. Guy can barely get 1,500 followers on the presidential Twitter page or something. It's a joke. And so he's the guy in charge, though. They pulled it off. And now he's going to be running two major crises at the same time, one abroad and one at home with Hurricane Ida. Good Lord. Good luck, Joe. We're screwed. And if you're in Louisiana and you think you're going to depend on any federal help, just take a look at any of these recent press briefings, especially the one today with the Israeli prime minister. And, and after seeing this clip, this is what put me over the edge to do a show on Saturday. It won't be as long as normal. I don't know, unless some stuff pops up. Again, I don't think it's going to be a big news day, just saying that. I'm not going to knock on wood like Joe Biden did in his ABC interview. But he had a meeting with the Israeli prime minister today, and I swear to God he was asleep. You look at the video, there's 32 seconds where the Israeli prime minister is sitting on the edge of his chair without a mask, addressing Biden. So they're doing the typical kind of at a 45-degree angle in the Oval Office, two comfy chairs, photo op, answering questions together. The Israeli prime minister is, is carrying this thing. Like, he he's the Sinatra, right? And Dean Martin over there, with his mask on, is half in the bag. Looks like he's plowed. He's pulling a Ted Kennedy at four in the afternoon, right? A little martini lunch, Ted? Met him once in the White House. He was loaded, and it was like 1 p.m., right? Mr. Chappaquiddick himself, he never got off the sauce. I don't think he drove anymore. But there's Biden with his mask on. Probably just medicated. He's just he's it's sundown syndrome. Look it up. It's what people suffer from when they have dementia. He's wiped out. He's good for two maybe three hours a day. So they couldn't put a lid on it in time to bump the Israeli prime minister. They went with this late afternoon meeting. Joe's asleep. I I, I've looked. I'd say there's a ninety percent chance he dozed off. He's done it before. There's lots of clips of him at events, and I have too, because I've been bored. Most of the things I have to sit and watch are boring, work or otherwise. I mean, good grief. School plays, ugh. parent meetings, teacher meetings. I think I've been to two, nauseating. And I fell asleep, dozed off. I tried for five minutes to stay awake, so Joe, I get it. But this is the prime minister of our only and best ally, frankly, in the Middle East, and he's he's out, he's not there. I mean, he couldn't even he couldn't even stack himself up for a quick meeting with the Israeli Prime Minister. So that that's incredible. You should find the, the clips. It's viral. It's as viral as his head and hands picture at the podium a couple days ago. And I mean, all we got is a couple day planners, right? The event planners are out, and Joe's falling asleep with Israel. Guess who sees this? The enemy. The Taliban has got to be cracking up behind closed doors. They're keeping it quiet right now because we are sticking with the August 31st withdrawal deadline. That has been reiterated and they are moving people out. They didn't stop at 500. Holy shit. The problem is they know something's imminent. I mean, I hope nothing happens. It's it's the clock is ticking, right? It's the 28th. What are we basically three full days away from September one, and you, Joe, you know Joe Biden's thinking about September eleventh. That's what drove this whole thing. Have everybody out by September 11, two thousand twenty one, so he could do a photo op. Now those are I've got to think canceled, right? Wherever they were going to be, you know, uh, some military base with troops. One of the units that was pulled out. Something tells me it's not going to be one of the Marine, Army, or Navy units where our casualties, our fallen soldiers, Marines, and sailors are from. I don't think those units are going to be appearing in any photo op. Hell, he can barely get anyone to pick up the phone on the other end of the line when he's calling these grieving parents and loved ones. I mean, there's a handful. I don't, I don't know the statistic. It's not something we really should keep, but the word is out. Many of them, I don't know half, I don't know if 10 of them, are refusing to talk to the President of the United States. And some of them have incredibly harsh words, and I can't argue with them. This, it's not a could have been avoided. 100% would have been easy to avoid. We we went into a dimension that no one would walk into with this. The stupidity of pulling your military out before pulling civilians, and then having to send military back in after you've ceded ground to a brutal enemy? you got to be kidding me. Knowing ISIS is in the area? I mean, say what you want about our failing intel community. It sounds like they had this right. We've been in Afghanistan a long time. We've got lots of sources. So the reports were coming in daily. And Biden is on the record. You know, the right, the, right, the Republicans have not been playing this clip enough. Where he admitted they'd seen wires. And his response was, this was to Stephanopoulos on ABC. We get lots of wires. Wow. So you just pick some out of a hat and decide to read them? Is this like the office in the suggestion box where you'll get to it in a few years? Somebody's making a recommendation about Y2K, that's the last time you went in there? Wow, he said it. It's, it's out there. They need to hammer him with that. Because had he read those wires, or at least had he cared about them, maybe we would have done this different. Who knows? I think we just had an early tragic lesson on how incompetent Joe Biden has always been. He's Mr. Gaff. He's a stupid guy. He's the senator from a little tiny state, Delaware, who's kind of funny sometimes. And that's how he won the Senate races. And they put him up there with Barack Obama because they felt like they needed an old white guy. Right? The gravitas experience thing, like Cheney with Bush. All of a sudden, dude, here you are, you're running shit. Totally not, not ready or not worthy. And they all know it. They all, all surround him, know it. And he's got to come out there again. This was earlier today and say, hey, there's more, more attacks coming. Holy crap. I mean, think about the people on the ground in Kabul trying to handle security. They're probably, these Marines, these, these soldiers on the ground have got to deal with the Taliban. They have no choice because we are negotiating with terrorists. And they're just praying to God every time they go on duty, they're at least running 12 hour shifts, maybe longer, that it doesn't happen again. And everybody they're looking at could be another bomber. They blend in, could be a woman, could be one of those faceless burqa deals, headset, headdresses, all that, could be anybody under there. It's horrifying. This is not, these aren't conditions we send our people in. And I want to cover something because it's it's beyond nauseating. Disgusting doesn't capture it. The playbook response from the grossest sycophant leftists that maybe some of you know and should stop knowing they're not worth it. We need to stop tolerating these people in our lives on social media or otherwise. Their new response is to victim blame to the extent that makes them hypocrites beyond anything I've ever seen, because these are the same people that if you even mention somebody being safer or doing anything, it's, it's, it's dangerous ground. You're a victim blamer, okay? And you shouldn't blame victims. If somebody is truly a victim, not somebody celebrating victimhood, but someone's a victim, you should not lecture them on what they should or shouldn't have done to avoid the situation. It's wrong in just about every scenario. Well, what are these people doing? Their response is, well, the embassy had warned them for weeks. They're posting it. I mean, blue checks, people that have a profile are posting it. And then thousands upon thousands of nameless, faceless, non-bot actual people, you go to their Twitter accounts, you go to their social media, there's some really creative and original Trump caricature as their banner. I mean, my God, it's the same thing. These people are lunatics. They're dangerous. They want cops to shoot you for not wearing a mask. They want you to die of COVID if you didn't get vaccinated. And they think you deserve to die in Afghanistan because you didn't leave soon enough. And that makes their guy look bad. And if their guy looks bad, that is good for Donald Trump. And that's the worst thing that could happen to them. These are people that would eat your children if it meant keeping Donald Trump out of power. I'm not exaggerating. They would. They're sick but they've lived a normal life at some point. Like many sociopaths think of the show Dexter, they've been trained. They know how to blend in. They know how to leverage feelings. They know how to pretend to be compassionate. They're heartless. Okay. They're heartless. And you know, the worst question, and it pops in our head when we hear, we hear maybe somebody dies of COVID. The worst thing anyone can ask now is were they vaccinated. It's fucking irrelevant. Somebody died of a disease. Some didn't and are being counted as such. But some but people are dying of it. It's real. It's been real since the beginning. It's a nasty respiratory virus. And for anyone to be able to hold off what they would call compassion until they get one more question answered in the algorithm. Was she vaccinated? Was he vaccinated? And if the answer is no, watch their face. You'll see the true nature. Watch what they post. Listen to their voice. This has gone so far, their psychosis that they celebrate it. It's not even a, oh, I wish they had. It's too bad. God bless them. No, 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 no. They love it. They want us dead. I think they've wanted us dead long before COVID. Okay, you look at Antifa, you look at the things they say they train to do with the cover they have from the press, the damage they've done. I'm sorry, I mean, am I supposed to be upset at Kyle Rittenhouse? Check tape, people. I think he's going to walk. That being said, I don't I don't want anyone killed. I don't want people I disagree with to be hurt. If anyone, whether you agree with me or not attacks me, I'm going to defend myself with whatever means I have at my disposal. and that's their trick. they, they poke us they try to get us to respond and like in any sports match or game you'll ever see, the, the person who responds gets the yellow card, gets the flag. Right? You play against guys that are needling you in your ear, getting in your head. You do something, the refs are going to see that. They don't see the first move. That's Antifa. right? They're the little peanut gallery poking at people, bringing the pepper spray, bringing the weapons. They initiate back off, and they roll tape trying to get us, when I say us, people that want to fight them, people that are there to defend prayer rallies to, to hit them. They want, and, and these aren't extremists. They're, stop calling Antifa extremists. When they write down what they believe, it's what people we know tweet and post. The, the left isn't, is no longer like the right where there's a small percentage of extremists. No, 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 no. We're in the 30% range. 25-30% of active voters that are loyal to the blue are nuts. They're nuts. We're not going to do anything about it other than vote and ignore them. Don't respect them. Don't give them the time of day. Troll them. Laugh at them. Ask them questions to make them as uncomfortable as possible. Just be ready if you're in person. They rarely allow it to go for too long. They'll get nasty, and they will get physical. Typically, when you look at them with their Nintendo arms, right, their nose hoops, face tattoos, and colored hair, the whole physical thing's not much of a threat. Honestly, it's it's comedy. But, um... You know, it's it's the it's a bad bad week ahead, right? They're they're sticking to August thirty first, and I don't see how everyone gets out. That's I mean, other than how this looks and if there's going to be another attack before we get out of there, and that's why they want out. I can understand that argument. The longer we have Americans there, the longer we are vulnerable. I mean, ISIS didn't hide the first attack. They told us about it. Now there's this imminent warning. Biden's basically saying, you know, he does not want to read this off the teleprompter, that it's inevitable. So we're getting out. And they're estimating over 500 Americans. We're not, I mean, the press, especially on the left, has stopped even talking about our Afghan allies, the people that risked their lives to help us. They're not even being considered. They are doomed but they're talking about 5 to 600 Americans and these are families right these aren't soldiers that are left behind and have no way to get out right now there's no right now there's no road going to Kabul that's allowing people there are checkpoints the Taliban is making threats and right now you get away with it and get sent back because we're before the deadline what do you think happens when there are no Soldiers, sailors, airmen, or marine in Kabul. None of them, not only from the U.S. or from any of our allies. When everybody's gone and it's tumbleweeds and more abandoned shit, weapons probably. God knows. Hopefully, these these guys know better. They won't leave anything behind. What happens then to these Americans? the The diplomatic process. We're we're going to rely on the State Department, the same people who clearly were the ones who leaked names or provided names willingly. I don't think it was leak. It was procedure to give names out. I don't know. We look at it. Was it Americans? Was it Afghani allies? My God, they they gave these names, information to the Taliban, asking for their help and finding them for the evacuation. This is the same group that we're going to rely on to diplomatically work with the Taliban on getting our people out? It... It's, it's, guys, if you wrote it all down, if this was in a PowerPoint presentation and I showed it to you a week and a half ago, y'all know Joe Biden's an idiot. You know, we probably thought we knew what he was capable of, pretty much only focused on the border and COVID, which are disasters. He has no idea what he's doing, but in my wildest dreams, in my most creative moment, I would not have predicted this. I take pride in trying to see and read the tea leaves and this I didn't, no way. Oh, we're withdrawing from Afghanistan. I'm sure he'll just kind of do what Trump did, not say it, never admit it. And now he's in a situation where everybody, even his own supporters who won't ever admit it, everybody wants him to just hit stop and do what Trump would do from whatever point we are at. There's no going back. There's no saving those 13 service people. There's no stopping the decision to withdraw our military, but leave civilians. You can't. You can't go back. We did it. It's done. And all of us are pissed about it, but it would be nice to see a massive U-turn in how we do things. First of all, here's an idea. Let's pick three roads, big roads that get to Kabul. And we'll tell our new friends, the Taliban, listen, okay, you want us to respect the August 31st deadline. You're either going to make a road for us or in 24 hours, we're going to fucking make a road ourselves. And see, the America we were even a few weeks ago, could say that we didn't need to do it because they knew we would, especially when we were led by Donald Trump. If Trump told the Taliban, make a road or else, there would be a goddamn road out there by tomorrow morning. Shit, they'd have probably traffic lights and yield signs. They'd be training Taliban on how to direct roads and direct traffic. There'd be crossing guards. There'd be a road. And a minute after there wasn't, We'd be turning sand into glass all the way along. And we tell our people, hold on. There's going to be a road one way or another. It's either going to be clear because they left or it's going to be clear because it's charred. And you're going to hear air support the whole way. Choppers, F-22s, shit. We're bringing the um, Warthog off the mothballs with the big cannon out front. AC-130 tilting and scaring everybody with a big howitzer up there. Yeah. That's what you're going to see, Americans. That's what you're going to see, our allies, all the way, on a truck, on a vehicle. Look out the window. You're going to see us. That's the America that I served when I was in the military, and I wouldn't serve now. No way. Because, and I'll close with this, and we'll talk more about this Monday. We are being led by the guys who got their PhDs, not the guys who excelled in combat and leading men and women in combat. The military is a disaster. It's toxic all the way to the top, to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General White Rage Milley. That guy set a tone that our commanders clearly adhere to. And you've got the PhD types, the ones who went to school, who have been on the teat of academia during their military career. That's what these guys do. I mean, they get PhDs. They get master's. And all kinds of great theory, the same stuff that guys like Jake Sullivan study. And they come back and they get more ribbons from each other because it's a big fucking mutual admiration society at the Officers Club. And all these hoity-toities, highfalutin officers are more academic than they are warrior. And today, where we are in Afghanistan is precisely why. And we've got to have somebody fire the fuck out of them and get real warriors in there. Chuck Norris types, dudes that can shoot rockets off of motorcycles and have no fear in the world of anything because they're backed by their United States of America and their boys and their brothers and their sisters are on their right, their wingmen are on their left and they give zero fucks and they're given the leeway, they're given the space to do their job. They're not run by war gamers and academic theorists. That's what we have now. And there was one good man, a lieutenant general, a senior officer. He made a mistake. He's active duty. This guy is a commander. He has a command, and he's lost it since. But boy, did he speak truth when he called out his leadership. And he put it on like a Facebook Live video, and I'm sure you've seen the story. And God bless him. He's He's been relieved of command. Now, he's at least, I believe, a two- or three-star general. He's going to be able to retire. He hasn't done anything that's going to get him court-martialed or, or punished in a way where he's going to lose his benefits, but his career in the military is over, and I'm sure it's been well over 20 years, so he's set. I hope he's able to retire soon, or they give him early retirement, because as a civilian, let's let this dude loose. His name's like Schuler or Sheeler. I could look it up, but this guy is an absolute stud, and I mean, when I heard what he said, he spoke it right from my brain, because I've seen it. I've seen it with people that I've, I know in the military that are still in. And I'm old enough now that these are commanders and they couldn't command themselves out of a wet paper sack. And these are the academic types that are making decisions and are getting our sons and daughters killed. And I don't know how anybody right now would feel comfortable letting one of their kids enlist in the military. I don't, I don't care what service. Because these people do not feel what the command battle-hardened officers feel. Those are the ones that know what it means to execute a mission, to do it right, on behalf of their people because they're sending people in and they know because it's a burden of command that most likely their people, somebody's going to die, their family, but they got a job to do and they've got to go with the plan that the Biden administration gave them and these plans are shit. They're pure shit. And it's not going to stop because now we basically have a potential war on our hands. And this decrepit, frail, demented son of a bitch of a president has not fired anybody. Now, he doesn't know where he is, but he's still a dick. Plenty of people know what's going on and not one high-ranking civilian or military leader, commander, officer, officer, has stepped down in the wake of this shit show. How is that? But the one guy who lost his command did so because he said maybe something bad about Joe Biden. That's our military today, and we need to be critical of it. We can say support our troops, we can tie the yellow ribbon around our tree all we want, but it is our military. They serve us. When I was in, I served you. And it's our job to hold them accountable. And accountability is a word they Bat around all the time. It's in every honor code you can read, in every service. Accountability. Service before self. Well, where's the accountability? Who's being held accountable for getting our people killed? It, it, it doesn't even make political sense that somebody hasn't been made to fall on the sword. I think these people are so obnoxious that they don't think they did anything wrong. They can convince themselves of anything. Hell, they can convince everybody that you and I are racists, because we vote a certain way. I mean, white supremacy is still going to be the main issue. This is Whenever this is over, or whenever the media is able to move on from this crisis, you will see the white rage, white supremacy mantra come right back. Hell, Vice already published a story in the midst of this. I don't think it was 24 hours before the bombing about the Marines and white supremacy being a problem in the Marines during the disaster. Like, when things were going sideways and our military was serving on the ground, in particular the Marines, Vice is doing a story about white supremacy in the Marine Corps. They're sick people. They're sick people. They don't even like Eric Clapton anymore because Eric Clapton, being a hippie, being about freedom, is actually being consistent and doesn't want people to be required to have the vaccine. He He's had some bad experiences himself. He's known people who have. That's his right. And how dare he speak against the state? They're losing it. They're losing it. They don't care who you are. They're, you see tweet after tweet, post after post of moms and dads disowning their children because their kids don't want to get the vaccine. It's Trump derangement syndrome. So instead of disowning your kid because he or she supports Trump, they just substitute it with the COVID vaccine. They're nuts. They, they're, They're just not... They're not at all worth any of our time. We need to move on and red pill as many people as we can. There are people that just don't know. Those are the ones you focus on. Those are the ones you listen to. Don't push them. Don't oversell them. Ask them questions. Find out what's important to them. Chances are we have something in common and we don't need much. And guess what? It's probably freedom. And we have had an, a masterclass in the last 18 months of what threat a pandemic or any kind of disaster can be made into an overreach by any government. It's scary. It's not a conspiracy anymore to think that these people are purely doing what they do. The mandates, the law enforcement, the closing of anything restaurants, all of these decrees, which aren't laws, don't let people call them laws, right? A mandate, an executive order, these aren't laws. This is all about power, and we we're in some deep shit. If they're allowed to keep this up, the recall has a bunch of mail-in ballots out there. I pray to God Gavin Newsom goes down. I don't know. It just feels like feels like November 2020 again. Ballots out there. How many are out there? They found a bunch of stolen ones already in a few bags. They're gonna pull it off again if they if it's close enough. They know they can do it. It's a major machine, but. It's been fun talking to you guys on a Saturday. I am absolutely um, horrified. I got to keep the news off for at least 24 hours, but the phone keeps popping and I keep looking whenever I hear it vibrate because I do not want to see another attack. I'm hoping ISIS-K is still in the newbie mode. They're in startup mode in Afghanistan and that one attack, which supposedly was just one bomb, was all they could muster. But hey, remember guys, We got the executive planners. We got Franck. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend and we will see you Monday morning. Take care.